October 14th, 2019. Flew my first drone, the DJI Mavic 2 Pro with smart controller. I've had my remote aircraft pilot's license for years, but was never actually the one flying the drone before. Now the old Phantom 4 can't get replacement batteries anymore, so I bought the Mavic 2. It has been a much better camera, better stabilization, and it's quieter, more responsive, and tiny. It folds up to the size of a kitten. This afternoon, after watching a few tutorial videos, I took it for a spin around the property. I used the footage in my big cat briefing for Alexa, Facebook, and YouTube, and LinkedIn. I think there are a lot of great ways we can use this footage, and I can't wait to fly and film more. That was short, so let's go to October 19th, 2019. Embarrassed to be a Republican. This photo was on Thursday, October 17th, as we Ubered between meetings with Max Frankel on Representative Quigley's staff and the presidential hopeful Representative Cory Booker's office and Representative Kathy Castor's office. These big toothy smiles were easy given those offices are all good friends. Quigley is our bill co-lead and Booker and Castor have been on the receiving end of donations from Howie and me personally. Friday, on the Senate side, seeing all Republicans would not be so much fun. While much of America may be saying that because of the Trump impeachment inquiry is going on, I say it after sitting across the table from the staffers for Senators Barrasso of Wyoming, Braun of Indiana, Burr of North Carolina, and Collins of Maine. We ended the day with our Senate bill sponsor staffer Mia in Blumenthal's Connecticut office and gave her our report. Talking to her was even more disheartening. Overall, I think this two days of lobbying was useful because of what we learned, but I take a deep breath realizing how far we seem to be from the finish line. <sighs> we thought these senators were our best hope. We knew Barrasso, the chair of the Environment and Public Works Committee, we've been assigned to would not champion the bill because he said to never have seen an animal bill he didn't want to kill but we needed to make sure he wouldn't hold it up if we could get someone on his committee or someone he respected to ask him to give it a hearing. We were supposed to meet with his legislative director, who our lobbyist Ryan O'Dwyer reports to know, but were shoved off on a kid named Sam French. Sam suggested the best way to get our bill through Barrasso's committee would be to tack it to the sportsman's bill they had gotten through the Republican Senate last session, but were not able to get it through the Democratic House. I barely recalled the bill, but I know if a Republican introduces something called a Sportsman Act, the underlying ask is to be able to kill more wildlife. I knew Howie would hate that I spoke up, but when Howie said, we could consider that, I knew he had no idea what that bill was about. Howie was trying to show that he was reasonable. I asked Sam if that bill would result in more bobcats and cougars being hunted, and he disingenuously said, I don't remember bobcats and cougars being specifically mentioned, so I pressed. Does the bill increase access for hunters to kill more animals? Sam danced around a bit, and I knew that had to be it at the core. I said, there's no way we can support a bill that kills some kinds of wildcats in order for us to protect others. Howie started trying to shut me down, as I'm sure he could see this conversation was about to spiral out of control. Howie tried to placate Sam by saying, we will have to look at the bill text and see if there's some way. Flabbergasted, I turned to Howie and said, are you out of your freaking mind? 
We can't use our influence to ask people to allow the killing of bobcats and cougars as a trade-off to protect lions and tigers. Even if bobcats and cougars would pull from the list of animals to kill, our coalition partners aren't going to support a bill that kills wolves or other wildlife. That was pretty much the end of our conversation with Barassa's flunky. As we were walking down the hall with Eric Good's film crew all hovering over us, I tried to explain to Howie why we couldn't give him any chance of thinking he could hold our bill hostage to use our influence to get the Sportsman's Act through the house. He didn't want to talk about it, and didn't until 11 p.m. last night in the jacuzzi. Even then, although he heard me out, all he said was okay at the end, and I knew he was just shutting me down. When he reads the bill today, I think he'll understand that my intuition about its missive was correct. This was from the bill. S-733, Section 101. This bill states U.S. policy that federal departments and agencies must facilitate the expansion and enhancement of hunting, non-commercial fishing, and recreational shooting opportunities on federal land, conserve and enhance aquatic systems in the management of game species and the habitat of those species on federal land, and consider hunting, non-commercial fishing, and recreational shooting opportunities as part of all federal plans for land, resource, and travel management. The bill hasn't been introduced yet this session, but we were told it will read the same. No way we can support the raiding and plundering of our federal parks. Next, we met with Bronze Aid, who made it very clear her boss doesn't care about animal welfare nor public safety issues if those conflict with any of his constituents' right to have tigers in their backyards or basements in Indiana. She said they would poll their state to find out how many private owners they have. Howie pointed out there are two sanctuaries, Black Pine and Joe Taft's Place, that would support our bill, but she was more concerned about those who aren't licensed being able to continue to rescue big cats. It didn't matter to her that our bill would end the need to rescue big cats. I told her she won't be able to find unlicensed owners, and that's why our bill is necessary, but she seemed certain that she would be able to find Indiana's private owners because they all love the land and everyone knows everyone there. That seemed just ludicrous, and I absolutely do not believe she knows where all of Indiana's tigers are. My suspicion is she knows where one of them is, and that person has more influence with her than the entire rest of the state. It's always about money, which buys influence. I don't remember much from Burr's office visit. In each case, other than with Barasso's staff, Howie brought Tim Harrison along on a FaceTime chat so he could give his spiel about why the bill protects first responders and the public. Tim had been with us the day before, but has to have hip replacement surgery and couldn't be there for our Friday visits. It was a clever way to bring Tim's message to the staffers. At best, Burr's staffer was noncommittal. When it came time to visit with Senator Collins' staffer, Molly, we got word that Ryan's friend in Barrasso's office was available. Howie and Jason Osborne, our lobbyists, went to see Collins, while Ryan and I went to meet with Andy Harding. On the way to see Harding, I asked Ryan where he wanted me to step in, if at all. Our ask with Barrasso was not to be a co-sponsor. Our mission was just to ask advice on how to get a hearing in the committee that he chairs. Ryan said this was a friend of his, so he'd handle it, and I could jump in if there was anything particular to a cat issue. Andy had his two-year-old Cocker Spaniel named Lady in his lap and seemed very relaxed. Already, I liked his demeanor a lot better than the first Barrasso staffer of the day. 
Andy didn't know that the Big Cat Public Safety Act had been introduced three weeks ago. One of the first things Andy said was that we should find a Republican to introduce the bill. Ryan then reminded him that we had come to him with that ask last spring. The next thing Andy wanted to know was why this bill mattered to Wyoming. Ryan turned to me and said, can you explain that? I was caught totally off guard as I had been rolling around in my head the fact that this friend of Ryan's didn't know the bill existed or why. I couldn't think of a single incident or potential incident in Wyoming, so I launched into what I did know after judging films at Jackson Hole, which was that Wyoming was beautiful, wild, and those who chose to live there did so because they appreciated nature. It was clear to me that these Republicans did not care about animal welfare nor public safety, so my only argument would be for conserving tigers in the wild is something that everyone who loved nature in Wyoming could understand why we have to conserve nature everywhere. I also knew from hearing from so many Republicans that they didn't know we had dropped all of the portions of our bill that would force bad actors to obey current laws. I started by saying, we've narrowed the focus of the bill to just two things, phasing out private ownership of big cats and ending the cub handling, which drives 90% of the breeding, which results in cubs being discarded into private ownership and the illegal trade in their parts. You like that? Just to quickly flesh out the bill's intent, I said, the bill addresses animal welfare and public safety issues, but what is most important to the people of Wyoming is that it prevents the extinction of the tiger in the wild. I spent the next few minutes explaining how the legal U.S. trade in tigers creates a legal smokescreen for illegal activities, and how China rebuts our efforts to stop them from farming tigers and expanding the market for their parts, which expands demand for premium wild tiger parts by saying that the U.S. doesn't even know where their tigers are. Andy asked which Republicans we were talking to, and Ryan went through the list. Andy said that if one of them would ask for a hearing, he didn't see any reason why Barrasso wouldn't allow it. He said they haven't seen opposition to the bill. Most of the offices had said the same thing, i.e., cub petters oppose it, but that's only a handful of people and not the issue. The issue is political. Republicans don't want to help a bill that is viewed as being democratic unless there is some serious quid pro quo to pass their bills, which are primarily focused on wrecking the environment and killing animals. And right there is the source of my frustration. All those years ago in 2006, as I sat across the desk from Florida Representative Ralph Popple, he told me the way to get things done is by doing favors for those who can help. In our case, he wanted to ban the private possession of pythons. I wanted to ban the private possession of big cats. I helped him with his bill, and through a circuitous route, I got the $10,000 bond requirement and $2 million in insurance requirement for anyone who possessed a big cat. It severely limited the number of people who could afford to go out and get big cats after it finally passed in 2009. It went into effect in July of 2010. So, now I am wondering, how can I help a Republican senator pass something they can't pass on their own that doesn't involve killing or maiming big cats? If you're enjoying my diary, please like, share, and subscribe. You can find other ways to connect to me over at bigcatrescue.org forward slash carol.baskin.